belabor this. I don't want to make it last too long. I want to get right to the Word of God and let God move again. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. If you have a bookmark from this morning, that's good. <laughs> when Brother Carriker gave his opening scripture and said, Matthew 13, my heart sank for a minute. And I said, oh, no, don't say, don't say the, the other word numbers at the end of that. But he, he preached different scriptures, so it's okay. But what he preached this morning, God must want this church to hear because I'm going to preach 2.0. You're going to hear the second half of that one. Amen. God put that in my heart. And that when he started preaching that this morning, I thought, do I need to study something else for this afternoon real quick and put something together? And God said, no, that's what I gave you to preach. That's what you're going to preach. And Matthew chapter 13 all happened one day for the disciples. They got the first half in the morning and they got the second half in the evening. So you get the first half in the morning, you get the second half in the evening. Praise God. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46 says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and sell all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one, one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and bought it. So you can close your Bibles. Let's lift our hands one more time to God. Let's worship him in this house. Let's ask him to have his way in this service. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, speak to your people tonight, God. Oh, help us to receive your word, God, to put it down into our hearts. We love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, in Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'm already sweaty and I haven't started. This entire chapter is about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. He talks about the sower and the seed. He talks about the wheat and the tares. And he talks about the mustard seed and the leavened bread. And then finally, he starts comparing the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven, I'm sorry, to a treasure. He starts comparing it to a treasure. It's not just anything, but it's like a treasure. And not just one kind of treasure, but he starts comparing it to multiple kinds of treasure. Multiple different things. Because treasure is a very subjective term. What you find as treasure, I may not find as treasure. When I go out into a field at an auction and there's an old rusty truck out there, to, that, to me, that is treasure. I'm all excited about that. I'm ready to buy that. I'm ready to work all day long to drag that out of that field and take it back. Most of you would look at that and be like, uh -uh, no way, no how. I ain't messing with that. That's not treasure. But to me, it is. And so treasure is subjective. And so Jesus was laying it out in several different ways, saying, look, this is like a treasure. And if you don't like this treasure, it's like this treasure. Whatever treasure you like, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like to you. And so it might be a source, this kingdom of heaven right here, it might be a source of comfort to you during a difficult time. And to somebody else, it might be joy in the midst of depression. And to somebody else, it might be liberty after they've been bound by sin for years. Whatever it may be to you, that's what the kingdom of, God, what the kingdom of heaven is. That's what it can be to you. And it's all of these things. It's not just one of these things. It's not like one treasure. It's like multiple treasures. It's like multiple different things. Whatever you need from God, God can give you tonight. Amen. It's his good pleasure. It's what he wants to do for you in your life. He is ready and willing if you will cry out to him. And so we think of the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes if we're not careful in our mind, we'll think of the kingdom of heaven as some faraway place 
that, that he's going to take us to someday. We're not there yet, but, but he's going to take us there someday. But that's not what the kingdom of heaven is. In Matthew 3 and 2, John the Baptist told the people to repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. It was here. It was right there. And so Jesus comes to him and he's baptized and he goes into the wilderness for 40 days for his fast. And when he gets out of the wilderness, he hears that John the Baptist has been locked in prison. And immediately Jesus said, okay, he's in prison now. It's my turn. And he shows up on the scene. He walks to the people and immediately he begins to preach. He says to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. Don't keep waiting for it anymore. You're going to miss it if you keep waiting for it. It's right here, right now. That's where the kingdom of heaven is. So don't miss it tonight. The kingdom of heaven is right here in this house tonight. And so if you're waiting for it, waiting to see where it's at, it's already here. Reach out and get a hold of it. And you have to sell out. And you've got to be able to join into it. The only way you can join into it, you don't sign the little iPad. You don't sign the piece of paper. You don't do any of that stuff. But you sell out to God and say, I want to be part of the kingdom of heaven. I want to go to heaven and eternity. I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to do whatever I need to do to be saved. Whatever I have to do, God. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my will to you. Everything, Lord, I sell out and I give it all to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You've got to turn your back on that old way of living. It's not a monetary cost to join the kingdom of heaven. You've got to give up everything that you have in the past, everything that you were, everything that you are, everything that you have. You have to lay that down and say, God, I just want me and you. I want to be part of your kingdom. I sell out to you, Lord. You paid the ultimate price for me, and so I'm paying everything I can to serve you. Right. Amen. So we go back to verse 44 of chapter 13, and Jesus relays the story of this man, and he finds this treasure in a field, and we don't know why he was in that field. It doesn't say why he was there. Maybe he was taking a shortcut. Maybe he was just exploring. I like to go exploring. I found some pretty cool stuff out exploring before, and maybe he was, maybe he was lost. It doesn't say why he was in that field, but he is walking through that field, and he stumbles over treasure. And we don't know what that treasure is. Maybe it was a bag of gold. Maybe he found a bag of gold that somebody, a caravan, had dropped off a camel many years before. And he finds it kind of hidden down in the, the bushes. Or maybe, maybe it was a big chest of jewels that somebody, some bandit, had stashed up in the hills and the mountains years before. And he finds it under these rocks. And he says, oh, man. Oh, man, this is awesome. This is some awesome treasure that I found here. I've got to have this treasure, but I'm not going to steal it. I'm not just going to take it. So what I've got to do is I've got to buy this field. So he runs to town, and he finds out who, who owns that field. And obviously he can't go to them and say, hey, look what I found out in your field, because then they wouldn't sell it to him. But he says, how much do you want for that field? How much do you want? How much, what's the price? Just name your price. I really want that field. And so the owner looks at him. I'm just making some of this stuff up. Please bear with my imagination here tonight. And the owner says, you know, I don't know. That's, that's a pretty good field. That's a really good field. It's got good soil. It's a prime location. It's not going to be cheap, man. It's, it's going to be pricey. It's not going to be cheap. And the man insists, like, tell me a price. I got to know a price for this. And finally, the owner tells him some crazy large sum of money. He said, man, this guy really wants this field for some reason. I'm, gonna t I'm just going to price it astronomical. And if he buys it, great. Happy days for me. And so he tells the man the price. And the guy says, whew, that's expensive. That's going to cost me everything everything but 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 that field it's worth it that treasure it's worth it it's worth it it's worth it so he runs home he sells his house he sells all his extra clothes except for the ones he's wearing he sells his donkey it doesn't say he had kids if he had kids he might have tried to sell them too i don't know but he sells everything that he could get his hands on he cleans out the kitchen cabinets he cleans out everything he sells it all it says the bible says he sold all that he hath every single thing that he owned he gave up and said i don't want that 
I want that field. I want that treasure that's in that field right there. I've got to have it. And so he runs back and he pays the man and he owns that field and he owns that treasure now. That is his treasure, his personal treasure. It belongs to him because he sold out and he said, I've got to have it. I've got to have it, whatever it takes. And so let me tell you, also, just because there's one, there's one treasure in a field, maybe there's another one. Maybe that caravan that dropped that bag of gold 100 years before, maybe they dropped a second bag of gold off the other side of the camel a little bit further over. When he found that first treasure, he didn't mess around. He was in a hurry to go buy that field. He was in a hurry to get it done. But now it's his, and now, now he has time to explore. And so now he can go back to that field, and he can dig in that field and say, what's in this field? There's got to be more treasure here. There's got to be more things here. What else can I find? And I'm going to talk about this field right here, the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to talk about that. And in this place right here, there's a treasure in this house. It's called the Holy Ghost. It's called remission of sins. It's called peace. It's called joy. Whatever you want that treasure to be, that's what it is here tonight. And so when you sell out to God and you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to sell out to you so I can buy this field so I can get that treasure, then you can come back again and find some more treasure. And then you can come back again and find some more treasure. And then you can come back again and find some more treasure. There's not just one treasure in this field here. There are many treasures. Whatever you need from God, there is a treasure for you here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I just want that treasure in my life. I've got to have, I've got to have that treasure in my heart. And I've got to treasure that treasure, if I can say it that way. I've got to treat it special. I don't want to just disregard that treasure. I don't want to find a treasure in a field. I'm like, eh, I don't have time to mess with that. I got too much to do. I got too much going on. I don't have time to mess with that treasure. And is it really real? Is that even real gold? I don't have time to get it tested. I don't have time for all. I'm just, I'm just not going to mess with it. But no, I find that bag of gold or that box of jewels, I'm selling out and just grabbing that field, whatever I've got to do to get it. I've got to have it. And we have to have the same mentality with the kingdom of heaven, with our walk with God. We've just got to have it. We've got to have that walk with God. And in my 12, I think, going on 13, I forget exactly. It's been about almost 13 years now that I've been in church. I know that I have found treasure after treasure after treasure after treasure. And forget about all the stuff that you have elsewhere, all your, all your carnal possessions. If God has blessed you, that is fantastic. That is great. But what do those things really amount to what God has done for you spiritually? What do those things amount to compared to what God has done in your life? The peace and the joy and the putting your marriage together and whatever God may have done in your life. What does all these other things compare to that? Everything else is just going to pass away someday. But the eternal things that God has done in your life or that God is going to do in your life far outweigh any, anything else that you might have that you might have to lay down to serve God. Amen. And I just had this conversation with the guy the other day. I had crushed an old rusty truck, and people got upset with me about that. And it was just a piece of junk. There was nothing good left about it. And I said, you know, it's just, it's just an old rusty truck. It doesn't have any value anymore. And the truck I drive now might be shiny and fancy and all that, but you know what? In 20, 30 years, somebody's just going to take it and shove it in the crusher and smash it. Those things don't really matter. But what does matter is my walk with God. Because in 20 or 30 years, if we're still here, I want to still be serving God. It doesn't matter what truck I'm driving. It doesn't matter what car I'm driving. I want to still be on fire for God. And so I've got to make sure now, today, right here tonight, that I'm doing what I need to do to make sure that I've got that field in my possession, that I've got that treasure in my possession. Amen. We cannot hold on to temporary things when God has eternal things in store for us. Amen. And so going back to verse 45, he begins to talk about a man that was actively seeking goodly pearls. Now, pearls are not rare. Pearls are pretty common. They, they grow inside of clams, and they, they're, not, 
and oysters, I mean, they're not, they're not that rare. And so what he was looking for is goodly pearls. I've got a small bag of pearls at home that I found in uh, miscellaneous antique boxes of stuff that I've bought through the years. And that entire bag of pearls is worth maybe five bucks. I mean, it's, they're not fancy pearls. They're not goodly pearls, anything like that. But they're pearls, and so I saved them just because they are what they are. But goodly pearls, this guy's looking for something that's a notch above. He's looking for something. And so he's a merchant, and this is what he does. He goes to the market, and he looks for goodly pearls. And that word goodly means beautiful pearls, pearls that were above normal pearls. They were better than normal pearls. And once again, they're not super rare. They're not as common as just regular pearls, but they are findable. So that's what this guy does for a living. He goes out, and he looks for these pearls. And he buys them, and he probably sells them, and buys and sells and buys and sells. He was a pearl dealer, and he only dealt in goodly pearls. And so he would show up, and he'd be there at the market every day, and he'd scour through all the oysters that they had cleaned, and he'd find the pearls, and he'd, he'd buy the ones he wanted and sell the ones he wanted, so on and so forth. And so I'm going to tell you another story that I made up on my own with my imagination. And he's going through the market one day, and he's just looking around like normal, and he's like, oh, yeah, that, that pearl's not bad, but no, nah, it's not quite good enough for him. He puts it down. He goes over here. He finds another pearl. like, oh, that's, that's not a bad one. How much is this one? The guy tells my price. He goes ahead and he says, yeah, I'll buy that one. He buys it, puts it in his bag, and he's going along. And all of a sudden, he hears one of his customers yell at him like, hey, Joseph, whatever his name was. He says, hey, Joseph, Joseph, come over here. Come over here. You're never going to believe what we found early this morning. We were out there, and we found this oyster bed, and we dug up this crazy-looking oyster, and it had this crazy-looking pearl. I've never seen nothing like it in all my life. I know you're going to want it. Come over here, Joseph. Check this thing out. This is the best oyster you'll ever see in your life. I know it. And so Joseph's like, okay, yeah, he's trying to, trying to get me to spend some extra money on it. He's trying to get one over on me. He walks over there, and he sees this pearl, and instantly everything around him disappears. And his mind goes numb, and his fingers start tingling, and his, his eyes just get huge like saucers, and he looks at this pearl, and he's never seen a pearl like this. It's the most beautiful pearl he's ever seen. It's huge. It's perfect. There are no blemishes. It's the perfect shape. It's the perfect pearl. He's never seen one anything like that. This guy is a goodly pearl merchant. He sees beautiful pearls all the time, but this pearl blows him away. He just forgets about everything around him, and all of a sudden, the, the, the guy starts shaking. Like, hey, Joseph, wake up. What, what is your problem, man? And Joseph, whoa, uh, what, how much? How much? And the guy says, well, your competitor, so-and-so, he offered me X amount of money for it already, but you're a regular customer, so I'll sell it to you for this astronomical price, and it can be yours. And the, the merchant says, I don't have that much money on me, but give me just a minute. And he runs home, and there's a difference between this, this scripture and the previous man. The previous man sold all that he hath, meaning everything that man owned, he sold out to buy that field. This, this, this scripture says that he sold all that he had. Hath and had are two different words. And so when you study this out and you look at the context of this scripture, that means that he went home and every single pearl that he had, all of his goodly pearls that he had in his collection, he took each and every single one of those pearls and he sold them. He went out and he sold them wholesale. He says, I don't even care if I break even on them. I want these pearls gone. I don't want these pearls. I want that pearl. That pearl is way better than those pearls. I've got to have that pearl. So he gets rid of all those pearls and leaves them behind. And he runs back to that fisherman and he says, here's the money. And he buys that goodly, that, that pearl of great price. That awesome pearl that was unlike any other pearl he had ever seen. And he buys it, and he clings onto it, and he runs home with it. And that was that. Now he has collected that pearl. He's not worried about goodly pearls anymore. He's already found the best pearl he's ever going to find. Yeah, come on, and so he's done this now. And we have to be the same way. Is that 
when we find this place, there's a pearl here. There's a thing here. The Holy Ghost is unlike anything you may have experienced, no matter what you've done. You may have done things that you experienced crazy things, that you, you, your mind has experienced crazy things, but the Holy Ghost isn't like that. The Holy Ghost will give you a, a feeling in your body, a feeling in your heart, a peace in your heart, unlike any other experience you may have ever had before. And this world's always looking for goodly pearls. They're looking for goodly pearls at the bottom of a bottle. They're thinking that it's going gonna, it's gonna to fix all their problems. And they're looking for goodly pearls in, in a rolled up piece of paper or in, the, in a needle or something like that. They're looking for goodly pearls in sports teams. They're looking for goodly pearls in musicians and rock bands and all that stuff. They're looking for all these goodly pearls here and there and here and there. But those pearls, they don't even, they pale in comparison to the pearl of the Holy Ghost, the pearl of what God can do in your life. Those pearls don't mean anything compared to this pearl that's in this house in the kingdom of heaven what God can do in your life is so much greater than any of those things could ever do for you because those pearls those pearls they'll tear your family apart those pearls over there they'll ruin your body they'll ruin your health they'll destroy your mind those pearls those pearls are going to retire someday those sports team guys they're going to retire someday or they're going to get fired for their illegal activities that they do and their immoral activities that they do those pearls aren't going to last but there's a pearl in this house here tonight that will last for eternity. It is the best pearl that you will ever find. You will never find anything like what you can find in this house here tonight. And so you've got to sell those other pearls, get rid of those other pearls, and say, I want that pearl. I want the pearl that's in this house more than I want anything else in this world, more than I want anything else in my life. I want the Holy Ghost working in my life. I want my sins to be washed away. I want to be a brand new creature in this place here tonight amen hallelujah let's all praise him hallelujah oh lord we want those pearls we want that great pearl lord that's in this place that that holy ghost the peace of the holy ghost oh the righteousness of the holy ghost oh we want remission of sins lord those are what we want in our life oh in jesus name hallelujah jesus thank you jesus hallelujah jesus i want that great pearl i want that great pearl in my life if the, if the music would come now, most of you, many of you may have already known these scriptures that I talked about today. We talk about the, the pearl merchant. And we talk about the field with the treasure. We talk about the sower and the seed. We talk about those scriptures all the time. We know those scriptures if you've been in church for any length of time. But I want to encourage the church to take it a step further today. I don't want us just to stop and say, ah, I know those scriptures. That's, that's pretty, pretty entertaining there, Brother Manchi. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I see it. That's, that's all go now. No, I don't want that to be the case. I want us to take it a step further. Look past me. Don't worry about me. I'm just up here delivering the word of God. But I want you to look past me into what God wants you to see, what God wants you to do. Jesus didn't stop in his parables there. Matthew keeps going on. Matthew 13 keeps going on. And he told them in verse 51, he sent away all the people. And now it's just Jesus and his disciples. It's just God and his people were all that were there. And he says, do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you guys understand these parables that I just told you? Do you understand these things? And they say, yea, Lord. And that, that blew me away when they said that. I never realized it because normally when he asked, says parables to them, they're like, Jesus, we don't understand this. Please explain it in a different way. They, they never understood his parables, but they understood this one. They got it and they said, yea, Lord, we understand what you're saying. We want that in our lives. And in verse 52, says, then he said unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. And he's not talking about the legal scribes 
of that day and age in this verse. He's not talking about that, but he's talking about those that have chosen to follow him and they want to be a student and a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That's who he's talking to there. That's the scribes he's talking about. And he's saying, I'm, I'm glad you guys got what I was explaining because I'm glad that you understand what I'm talking about and, and you're going to be the founding members of this new covenant and of the church. I'm glad you guys understand this because it's important that you understand these things. I'm glad that you know these scriptures that I talked about here tonight. I'm, I'm glad. I really am. It's good that we know our Bible. But Jesus was saying there's something else you need to understand. You guys are in charge of this house when I'm gone, when I'm not physically here anymore. Who's going to walk around teaching parables? Who's going to walk around instructing the lost? Who's going to reach around, go around reaching for the, for the, the lost and the, the dying and the sick and the poor? Who's going to reach for them when I'm not here? Peter, are you going to do it? Paul, uh, not Paul wasn't there, but John, uh, James, are you guys, guys going to reach for people when I'm gone? You guys are a householder. You've got to reach into the treasure that you've received, and you've got to reach out for those around you and share that treasure. And so each and every one of you, you have to do it. You have to reach in. You have a responsibility given to you directly by Jesus through his word. Through his word, Mark 16 and 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It doesn't matter who they are. Jesus can't do it anymore. He's not here on this earth in a physical body in that way anymore. If you don't reach for somebody, then who's going to reach for somebody? You have to reach for them. And Jesus has done great things in your life, and he has given you great treasures. He has given you treasures that you cannot even, you could not even imagine before you came to him. He's given me treasures I never could have imagined 15 years ago. I never could have imagined those things. But he doesn't want me just to stop there. He wants me to reach for those around me. Even when it's uncomfortable and awkward to go pray for somebody, he wants me to do that. He wants you to do that. Even when that person may not be the sort of person that you want to reach out to and you may want to talk to and, and teach a Bible study to or whatever it may be or pray within the altar or whatever it may be, Jesus didn't say, Jesus didn't ask you for your opinion. He said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Jesus was saying, you found this treasure of great value. You've done this. You found this incomparable pearl. You've sold out and you've made the decision to live for me. And that's great. But I'm going to be gone soon and somebody's going to have to reach out to the world around them. You've got to share the, world, share the treasure that you've received with the world around you. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's each and every one of us has that responsibility to reach out to those around us. That pearl changed that merchant's life. He wasn't just the same old goodly pearl merchant anymore, but he found that pearl of great price that was unlike any other. That word great price is only used in Scripture twice, and it basically means that it was invaluable. There was no price tag that you could possibly ever put on that pearl. It was so wonderful. And so God has given you that already. And it's changed your life, just like it changed my life as a 20-year-old young man right there on the floor. Just as it changed my life, it changed each and every one of your life. In some way, some shape, that treasure, that pearl has changed your life. And you can't bottle up what God has done in your life. You can't coast through life saying, yep, I've got treasure in the bank. I'm good to go. No need for me to do anything else now. I'm, I'm set for life. And I'm talking spiritually. We can't say, I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm at church every service. I pay my tithes and offering. I'm going to heaven. No need to do anything else. We can't be like that. No, no, no. We've got to help others find this treasure. We've got to say, hey, man, there's more treasure in this field. I can't dig all this treasure out by myself. It's going to be too much work, so I need some help. Come with me. Come with me to this place. 
There's treasure there that God's going to give you treasure. You can dig out treasure for yourself. I've got my treasure. I'm going to keep digging. And you can dig too. We can dig together. We can find more treasure than we could ever imagine. When that coworker starts talking about their issues and how they're addicted to whatever, we can't just say, oh, man, that's rough. I hope you get better. What, what good is that going to do? That's not going to do them any good. There's no treasure in that. And when that acquaintance starts talking about how life keeps beating them down, we can't just say, oh, that's too bad. Sorry to hear that. Or when that friend starts telling you about their family problems, we can't just say, yeah, I, I bet that's, that's no fun, is it? I bet that's, that's not a fun thing to experience. But no, we need to say, hey, can I tell you about a treasure that I found? Can I tell you about how I used to be addicted, but God saved me from that? God delivered me from that? Can I tell you about how my family was broken? We were on the verge of divorce when I came to God, and I found this treasure in this field, and God put it back together. Or you can say to them, I know life's beating you down. I was beat down. I was depressed. I was bound by these spirits of depression and oppression, and I was in fear, and I lived as a hermit in my house, and I was afraid of people, and I didn't ever want to go outside because I was afraid I might be hurt or something bad might happen to me, or I was just, I was just bound up by all these spirits. But, but can I tell you about this treasure, this pearl that I found? It changed my life. It set me free. I'm not like that anymore. I don't fight that thing anymore. God set me free. God delivered me. I want to help you. Will you come to church with me? Will you come with me? God has a treasure for you. I want you to come with me. Come on. Let's go to church. God's going to give you a treasure too. And so God helped you. God delivered you. God healed you. God did whatever for you. Share it with the world around you because they need it. The world's lost. They're on the edge of that cliff that I was on. They're on the edge of a cliff of hell. I know we talk about the gates of hell and the church, or they shall not prevail against the church, but every scripture I see talks about people falling into hell. They don't walk into those gates. Those gates are for the church. The church goes to those gates, and they rescue those souls out of hell. We have to do the, the work that God has called us to do because if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. We've got to work. If there's going to be a church, if there's going to be a revival here in Hutchinson, it's going to be because we put the effort in, because we catch the burden in our heart. Pastor can't do it all. Brother Joel can't do it all. Brother Lewis, it doesn't, whoever it is, they can't do it all. They can't do it all by themselves. There are elder saints in here that have done a ton, and they can't do as much as they used to do. So what about you young people? Are you going to help? We have to put the effort in ourselves. We have to put the effort in ourselves. And so, in closing, if you're here today and you're new or you're just getting established, you haven't been around that long, then I want you to know that there is a treasure in this house. If you don't have everything figured out yet, that's okay. But I want you to know that you need to buy this field here tonight. You need to sell out to God here tonight. I'm going to call everybody to the altar here in a minute. And when you come up here, you come up here with faith in your heart. And you lift your hands to God and say, God, I sell out. I leave those things behind. I repent. I turn my back on those things, Lord. I don't want that way of living the way I used to live, the way I used to talk, the places I used to go, I don't want those anymore. I'm throwing those pearls away, and I'm buying this pearl over here that's so much greater than those. And you sell out, and you surrender your spirit and your will to the Holy Ghost, and you let the Holy Ghost come into your heart, into your life, and you'll begin to speak in another tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance, and you let God fill you with the Holy Ghost here tonight. And the world might tell you that you're crazy to give up those pearls that you have already. But the pearl that's here is so much greater than those pearls. Don't even worry about that. And if you're a scribe or someone that's been here for a while, someone that's been around the block a time or two, that you know what's up in church, you know what's going on in church, you've been here for a while, you've got your feet planted, you've already got the treasure dug out of the field and you've got it locked away at home, it's time to dust it off and start sharing that treasure with others around you. And also in verse 52 it says, Treasures new and old 
And so if you've owned this field for a long time, if you've owned this field for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, however long you've owned this field and you've had this treasure, how about we go back out there and start digging some more because there's more treasure for you. There's still treasure out there for you. I don't care how much treasure you've already found in this field. There's more treasure. We can't just say, I've got enough Holy Ghost. No, I want more Holy Ghost until the day that God takes me out of this world. I want more Holy Ghost in my life and in my heart. I want a deeper walk with God. I can never, never stop. I don't ever want to just stop and get complacent, but I want more. I want new treasure. I want new treasure. I want to be renewed every day. So let's all stand to our feet. And so whatever stage you're at, let's all come to the front and let's pray and ask God, whatever stage you're at, you pray accordingly and say, if, if you need this treasure, say, God, I want this treasure. And if you've already got, got this treasure, say, God, help me to share this treasure. And if you've had this treasure for a long time, I want you to say, God, I want new treasure in my life. And maybe you can find that new treasure by sharing it with someone else and helping pray someone else through to the Holy Ghost. Whatever it takes, God, I want to work for you. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to hide the treasure you've given me, God. I don't want to trade my walk with God for the treasure of this world, Lord. Oh, but I want the treasure that's in this field. I want the pearl that I found in this place. It's so much greater than anything else. Oh, here I am, Lord. I cry out to you. I call out to you. Pour out your heart to him tonight. Reach out to him tonight. Surrender your will. Surrender your heart to him tonight. Oh, yes, Lord, I give you all. I give you everything I have. Everything I am, Lord, I sell out to you. I leave behind all the cares of this world. I leave behind everything that I was worried about yesterday, Lord. Those things don't matter right now. Oh, but, Lord, it's just me and you in this place tonight, Lord. Wrap me in your arms, Lord. Speak to me. Work in my heart right now, Lord. Oh, that's the way I cry out to him. Don't worry about things around you. If people come and pray with you, that's okay. Just reach out your hands to God. This is between you and God. Cry out to him. Oh, yes, Lord, work in my heart. Work in my life, Lord. I want to be the person that you want me to be, Lord. I don't want to do my own thing anymore, Lord, but I want your will in my life. I want your perfect will in my life, Lord, whatever it may be. So please forgive me, Lord, for the things that I've done wrong. I'm sorry for those things, Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name, I cry out to you. I sell out to you. Oh, that's the way. That's the way. Cry out to him in this house. Oh, yes, Lord. Whatever stage you're at, cry out to him tonight. Oh, if you need to talk to him tonight, don't worry about anything else and just talk to him. Tell him what's on your heart. Pour out your heart to him tonight. Oh, yes, in Jesus' name.
See you. 